0: Star date 01072021, welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast about new Star Trek and beyond. I'm your reluctant Captain Mike Moody Garcia. With me on the view screen, we have
1: Mariah Gossett,
0: Clyde Haynes, and Grant Davis. All right, tonight, since there's absolutely nothing else going on in the world this week whatsoever, I thought we'd talk about Star Trek.
1: Sounds good to me, honestly. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that works. I mean, nothing else is going on, so. Unless I you did guys wanted to... the finale, so good, good. Oh, it's a good
1: show.
2: Unless you
0: guys want to talk about my, my, uh, my other Christmas present that I didn't show off last time.
3: It is it baby Yoda eating fragile, other people's yep. fertilized children?
0: Eggs? Oh, he's
1: eating <laughs> the eggs on the mug. Wow. I thought they were cookies.
0: No, Actually, those are the eggs, baby.
1: You have a murder oh. mug.
0: <laughs> murder mug. <laughs> All right, let's get back to Star Trek. More specifically, we're going to break down the season three finale of Star Trek: Discovery. That hope is you, part de. And without further ado, let's fly, motherfuckers! <laughs> it's <hot> breaks time.
3: <laughs>
2: Yeah. Okay, look, look, there's never enough Deanna Troy. But uh, before we even get into our hot freaks, Chike has already said that he knows what our, our hot freaks are. Oh, do you, Chike? Well, <laughs> I let's,
0: mean,
3: Chike is pretty, pretty on point, but we will here, see. Let's pull it up. Um, So Mariah's going to be yay. Clyde, meh. Grant, eh, better than episode 11, I guess. And Mike, meh. But I am excited for season four.
0: All right. Our commenters has shown How again that they're <laughs> they smarter than we are, and they're they, they are inside our heads. Um, <laughs> but I think we have a little more to say than that. Um, so, yeah, let's jump into some hot freaks. And if you're joining us for the first time, we are Star Trek Discovery Pod. And, yeah, we don't do hot takes. We do hot freaks. So who wants to jump in with our hot freak about this episode? i can go
1: ahead we can do it in the order that chike has uh sure. has uh, predicted here so All right uh, i'm apparently very predictable in that yes i've loved this episode i mean honestly though with everything that is going on in the world because our crew inevitably won the day this literally could have been maybe a a not as great episode and i still would have loved it either way because i needed to see the good guys win i just needed it today it was everything that i wanted and more we got the crew being badass and taking names with little mini robots we have Owo doing <laughs> i'm a type mariah can't confirm <laughs> <laughs> um i'm glad we're archetypes now i'm here for this but but yeah like Oh, oh, backstory, I'm always here for Burnham, Kicking Ass and Taking Names. Women, Kicking Ass is is generally my favorite genre of film. So uh, if you give that to me, I am down to watch it. I'll give you 90 minutes or more. (laughs) So give it to me. Um, And I'm so excited for how they've set this up for the next season. I'm kind of glad it isn't a cliffhanger right now, just because I think I needed like a soft landing to know that everyone's generally okay. And we're starting into a new world and a new project. And um, yeah, I just, I, I loved it. I thought the stunts were great. The fight choreography was great. The special efflec- effects looked amazing. So again, cheers to the, the um, post-production crews who I know had to do so much of this from home. Um, yeah, and there's cool fun, real science stuff in this one too. So points all around.
2: All right. Who is next in uh, Chike's lineup? I think that'd be me. Uh, Chike thinks I'm kind of meh on this on this episode, so uh, I just got to say, overall, I thought the episode was fantastic. No, seriously, (laughs) I love this episode. Um, (laughs) To quote what Mariah said, with everything going on in life, I wanted something like this. I wanted the good guys to win. I wanted good fight scenes. I wanted some classic Trek, and I got that. Um, I would say if I had to nitpick something, I definitely thought Osira died a little quick. Uh, I was looking for just a little bit more, um, but but Burnham and what she did for the crew, the that callback to sharing that that story about Tilly that only Tilly would know, her and Book, um, the minute that she. She kind of snuck in and put up that shield. I knew we were in for a ride. Like I was just like, "Wow, this is about to get good."
1: What <laughs> agreed? You- it's me.
2: Did you boot him?
1: Oh no, we lost Clyde. Oh, lost it. me. No, I um, I
2: also, Sorry. I also thought that you know, we discussed a couple episodes a- ago about how the Sakal kind of that whole dynamic just didn't have quite the emotional connection that we wanted. I felt an emotional connection this time. So when, when Saru decided that he, the minute that he said, I'm going to, I'm going to show you all of that made sense to me. Like that was a payoff. Um, And so I, I just, I thought it all flowed and connected and, you know, we'll get to the end where Burnham's captain, but, I, I don't have any problems with the way the, the flow of this episode. I enjoyed it. Right. I really did enjoy it. Grant Davis. Is, is it my turn?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, all right, guys, I gotta say
3: this was a lot of fun. I think I, I was going into this three part uh, finale with a bit of skepticism. I didn't like how episode 11 did kick things off. So, um, uh, props to Chike for pointing out how I was going to feel there. Um, This was a strong conclusion both to the the three episode arc as well as I thought this overall season and how it um, developed Burnham to eventually take on the captain's chair. How it had this, this growth for Saru's character both in the captain's chair and... And and as a a sense of self and and kind of coming into his own as far as who he is and what what true leadership means and his relationship with uh, Sakal, I thought was ultimately well earned. I, I still have a little bit of gripes with. What that scene was, uh, th- everything um with Sukal on the Nebula thing, I felt was really slow and drawn out because they needed to pace it properly with what was a lot more exciting and and intense going on in the Disco ship. So I thought it just kind of was a little bit plodding, and most of that was kind of boring. They did make Gray's character a lot more interesting, which I appreciated, and now. I'm a bit more back on the bandwagon of wanting to see more of, of how they might integrate gray in the next season. Um, but I have to say Michael Burnham is a fucking force of nature. I absolutely love every scene she's in. I think, I think she is such a throwback to all of the fantastic eighties action films. I grew up watching and she has this this drive and this immediate charisma and i just i love rooting for her and believing in her and just seeing how she manifests what she needs to happen in every scene and it's so fucking awesome i want more of her in movies outside of this i just want Sinequa Martin-Green to be an action movie star because she's
1: really good. Yes. Grant, she's you
0: can watch uh, seasons two through six of Walking Dead right no, now. She's I, don't those. Watch,
3: I don't want to watch Walking Dead. She was great <laughs> in it. That show, I can't do it again.
0: <laughs> All right, my turn. Um, I'm not going to get into specifics in my hot freak. I'll save that for later, but this was the best Fast and Furious movie since Fate of the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that as a compliment like i love those movies i think i think a lot of people love those movies i'm not trying to diss uh discovery at all when i say that um those movies are exciting they're like brilliantly paced like thrill ride spectacles and they wear their hearts on their sleeves and they're all about the family and that's what this finale was and i also like that the fast and furious movies some of the some of the I don't know if I like this about them, but some of the beats or ideas in this episode, kind of like the Fast and Furious movies, I think they would really just fall apart and make no sense if you stopped to think about them a little bit. But that's okay. It's still good stuff. Like A lot of the ideas in this episode and really in this season aren't the sharpest or the deepest or the most profound but the execution, especially in this episode, was was really exciting, really polished, really like meticulously crafted and just rooted in a lot of heart and a lot of goodwill. And I really responded to that. So two pointy Navarre ears up for me. I liked it.
1: Nice.
3: Hey, let me to spotlight
2: me there. Um, yeah, man. Let's I, let's
3: dive in, huh?
1: Yeah. I will say, I
2: I thought we were gonna see the murder nuns, and we didn't. So that
1: I wrote that in my notes. I said, uh, no battle nuns. Yay mm-hmm. for Navar, but wanted battle nuns. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you got to have more battle nuns.
0: <laughs> that was that was set up in the last episode and didn't pay off here. But all right, let's uh, let's let's dive deeper into the Disco season three finale titled "That Hope Is You" part two, the uh, titular bookend to the season three premiere which aired in October episode is written by Michelle paradise showrunner and directed by Olatunde Osun Sanmi. I thought this finale was really nicely divided up between the three groups. Like we had three groups of disco crew members working toward one goal to save the Federation and in turn ensure a brighter future for the galaxy. Classic star Trek stakes, classic star Trek idealism Delivered in an action packed emotional episode. And like I said earlier, even if I didn't like connect with this one as much as I wanted to intellectually, I really enjoyed the ride. Like, especially Michael Burnham. Grant, you mentioned Michael Burnham up top, and that got me really excited because her journey from like captive to captain in this episode, I thought was really great. So let's start there. From captive in season one. Yeah.
3: (laughs) season three yeah
0: let's start with michael i know i know a common criticism of discovery is that the show revolves too much around michael um like being the super savior who who like saves everybody and everything but i i think that was less true this season and when the focus was on michael saving the day and getting her due respect like in this episode i i thought it felt earned and awesome so what did you guys think about I, Michael's arc in this episode, in this finale specifically?
2: I think the word that you just used right there is appropriate, uh, Mike, and that is earned. I think what we saw in this episode was really from beginning to end. And I know you said this episode, but you you can go back two episodes from now. And what we saw is that when it came down to it, and you're looking for the, who is that, I don't want to say superhero, but who who's that one person that is stirring everything and making this go and 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 you need who sees who who understands the best of the old federation and what this new federation needs it was michael and and we got that through and through and so when she took that that seat right when she sat down in the captain's chair not for for not for one single solitary minute did i think Mm, too soon. I thought, nope, that is the right choice.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, Clyde. I, I think of Burnham as such a like a catalyst of a character. And I think that is the role that she has played throughout this entire season, where we see her essentially providing the re-spark, the re-inspiration for the current Federation in this timeline, who have kind of been stuck, right? They've they don't have any way to move forward currently? Because they don't have the resources to look for the burn to try to solve that problem. They're just like, you know, it's like trying to patch a ship with duct tape that's slowly leaking, <laughs> and uh, and here comes Burnham with a brand new boat. And so, uh, you know, I liked the conversation with Vance at the end about how he's like, I can see now that I, you know, we finally got a non bad admiral. No bad admirals here currently. That might change, but fans are um, sus. no more <laughs> sus fans for now um, but i I just think it was so earned, and during the the ready room that I watched today, they talked about how they're very specific all season of even if Burnham was left in charge for something, Burnham never sat in the captain's chair for the entire season until that last moment. And it was like very planned by the writer's room and the directors and the crew to make that happen. Um, and I, and I just loved that ending moment. Um, and then on like, you know, sort of the same side as you grant Seneca Martin green is just like incredible throughout all of this. Also, she was like, pregnant filming the finale um and is like doing all this you know not as much fight choreography i would imagine as maybe her stunt person was doing because of that but still like the commitment to all of these really intense physical scenes was incredible um and so i'm just so i'm so excited to see burnham in the captain's chair whatever that means for next season she jumped into
3: that Willy wonka elevator shaft thing and (laughs) Did all those fight scenes pregnant? Dang. Wow. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I thought when when Tilly gave up the con to Burnham in that moment. Before this episode, I didn't want to see Tilly give up the con to anybody but Saru. But in that moment, that felt so right and so earned. Even though I thought Tilly did a good job, I said the other week that she – you can do everything right, just like Picard would say. You can do everything right and still lose. And that's what happened to Tilly. Um, so I didn't fault her for Osiris taking over the ship, but in this moment, in this episode, when Tilly said, no, Michael, um, you're going to execute the orders you're giving. And that's an order. And Michael took the con and Michael sat in that chair. I was like, this feels right. Even though I really like seeing Tilly in that chair. And I love seeing Saru in that chair. Cause I think he, uh, he echoes a lot of the, the great diplomacy we saw. And one of my favorite captains, John luc Picard Tilly is what we need. I'm not, not Tilly. Um, Michael is what we need right now. Cause that just felt so earned when she sat on that chair. And even though the scene with Vance being like, yep, I went against almost everything that you wanted to do this season, but now here are the keys to the Ferrari kid. You're good. Um, Felt a little rushed. Uh, Well, it it could have felt a little rushed. I think on paper it did, but just seeing it, watching it in that moment and feeling so emotionally connected to Michael in her journey in this episode to earning that captainship. It just felt right. It felt good. And I like that. She's earned it. It took three whole seasons, but now she has
3: a chair and it feels earned. I mean, she started off in the first episode, basically, Uh, a traitor (laughs) like defying her her orders um mounting an an insurrection of sorts to try and um you know (laughs) maybe timely uh (laughs) that that moment there but how how she's transformed from where she started just this fall from grace and trying to build back up being under Lorca's shadow and then being under Pike's shadow and then having the kind of the call of the seat, but being reticent to kind of embrace that destiny and allowing Saru to kind of fill the shoes. I liked it. It it had the proper uh, push and pull for her character arc for her to need to come to recognition within herself of who she is. And what her values are before she embraces that, and she, she is, I guess, what you guys are saying. She's a, um, uh, uh what's the word I'm trying to come up with? Um, <laughs> a, a Starfleet captain, in in the, Jim Kirk. Uh, yeah, she's a Jim Kirk, basically. Yeah, she's she's following up in the the issues of Kirk, and I love it. I, I I think what they did for her arc is fantastic.
1: Agreed. Um what do you so I'm really glad I know we talked about last week if we thought this was gonna happen, how like one thing I brought up was that I thought Saru needed to be the one who made that decision to step down from being a captain, which I'm really glad that they set that up that way. Um they did confirm Saru will be back for next season, so we don't have to worry about losing Doug Jones. Um, they haven't said in what capacity yet, but I um what do you think is gonna happen to Cerus character slash like what did y'all think of of his sort of development with um uh on the planet on the I,
2: I think he's gonna end up in a diplomatic role. I think we I think they've they've set that up when we saw him with Navarre. They alluded to it at the end that you know he was in the negotiations. I, I think we're gonna see him in a slightly different role. Um, because I don't know how you go from being captain to first officer or science officer. I don't know that we've really seen that before. So yeah, I I, I think that's the role he's going to play. So he'll, he'll be, he'll probably even be on the ship, but in a different role.
0: I like the idea of Saru going back to Kaminar after all these years and rediscovering what life there is like. And maybe, having that homecoming that a lot of us can never have actually going home and seeing that his world has progressed along with him because he left that world because it was holding him down so much. And it has changed more than he could ever imagine. And it's caught up to him and his idealism and his, his, um, his growth and maybe even surpassed him to where it's a place where he can learn and grow. So I hope we get at least a few episodes of him, with uh, with our little baby Kelpian uh buddy who caused the burn, a few episodes. Oh man, I really hope we don't. <laughs> no, I, mean, <laughs> I really I, just don't listen, to do anything. I'm with, okay
2: with that world now. I'm okay with a few episodes of Saru. I'd be okay with the. I mean, th- look, if we had 27 or 24, then I'd be like, sure. The so call, uh. <laughs> Clyde, I, don't don't waste my time with this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need I don't need that much well, scope. <laughs> I'm not. I'm Saru not talking on the third
3: On Kaminar was like the worst one we saw. <laughs> or that
2: but what thing. I'm saying Short is, tricks.
0: Kaminar, Kaminar has progressed a lot since then. It's a whole new world. It's so different. The people are so different. So Saru can go and rediscover it, and so can we. I don't want a whole episode just with Saru doing that, but checking in on him every now and then, and seeing. How he appreciates the way his world is developed and seeing what conflicts he finds there that are new for him would be interesting. And seeing how he comes along back to the Discovery or back to the Federation would be a great journey too. And I think maybe I see uh, Admiral Saru in our future.
3: What do you guys think? I mean, hey. they the show definitely loves its Trek family mm-hmm. and does not want to put anyone in a bad light. There was an opportunity to force conflict between burnham and saru and ultimately have saru have like a fall from grace which is why burnham has to ultimately step in and kind of assume the captainship but instead they they purposely took a different route where they wanted to have something a little bit more organic or emotional that kind of pulls him out of the seat and he has a different calling at least Mm -hmm. temporarily so that there isn't that conflict and and that's nice. I mean, I, I would have been fine with them maybe being a little bit more uh, aggressive to one of the characters and, and throwing someone under the bus for an, for another character's growth. But this show is a little bit kinder than I am, and
0: I, <laughs> I, I do appreciate that. It's a it's a lot kinder than I think all of us here. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> it's it's so sweet. This show just wants to embrace us in its warmth and i really appreciate that after um you know i won't mention it but you know after everything we've seen this week for sure
2: yeah i I think what's interesting about this show is we got 13 pretty good episodes right there's one that we were not that thrilled about but we see now that that was the intro to two other really good episodes but there's still so many questions and I think I'm interested to see what happens kind of in the off season, what short tracks we get. Like, I feel like I need a a short track on grudge because this, this (laughs) grudge thing is like, I need to know more information here. I mean, yeah,
1: I was going to just say that line when, um, uh zara is just like who's gonna make the bigger splat and as soon as book he has the adrenaline shot rushing through his veins and he's just like you are not gonna talk about my cat like that
0: (laughs) there is so there was so much going on in this finale like there always is in every discovery finale it seems like every season the 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 main cast like triples or quadruples it's like so many people it's because the show decides to give arcs to more more characters right like we learn more about our bridge crew so we care about them and what you're doing with tilly then the spear data becomes sentient and mm-hmm. the, the little bots running around so we kind of care about them too and then um we have all the bad guys and there's so many uh little arcs going on little character arcs going on As we got to the final season or the final few episodes, it, it almost got a little overwhelming and chaotic. I thought there was just so much going on, but I say that because I want to acknowledge that there's so much to get into and so many characters to talk about and little plots to talk about. But what I really want to talk about right now is, so the turbo lift shaft is like its own universe
1: Apparently, I've been seeing that has been like I think everyone's yeah. biggest nit to pick on the internet. Today I like it is the turbo shafts, and I'm I'm just like give me. I have a box of like Ener- enterprise blueprints, which I'm like if this was anything like the enterprise, I could just pull it out and like point to it. So I think we need some like cutaways. We need some blueprints. If you're listening, Star Trek.com, you know provide us with the, posters.
3: <laughs> That's like the elevator thing she was jumping through that was flying mm-hmm. all over the place. Yeah, I have no I, I have no concept of the chip, but yeah, I true. was like, oh, that's that's big. It looks cool. <laughs> like how, how they handle all the special effects. It was like- an
1: incredible fight scene. Like I 100 yeah. percent enjoyed it. And it wasn't Great. even until way after I would finished the episode that I was like, are turbo lifts really that big?
2: I, I <laughs> mean, my first thought was, where the hell are they now? <laughs> right. To your point. Listen, a fight scene in an elevator. Is always a is always cool. A fight scene in a galactic, like double-sided two doors open, mm-hmm. elevator flying through space, still even cooler. But yes, I don't know if that was a TARDIS lift or what, but <laughs> just kind of seemed like I was like did they land on a planet and i didn't know about like is this outside (laughs) of right is this the other ship that they were inside of i don't know where the hell they are (laughs) yeah when when book and
0: burnham jumped out of the turbo lift i was like where are they and i for a second i was like oh they're still inside space dock right okay cool (laughs) wait no they left had the a out right. of there what is happening oh it's a turbo lift Ooh, what Ooh, my whole reaction was like oh neat no this doesn't make sense but it's neat
3: is this in the middle of the the big disc part of the ship i don't know man
1: <laughs> i don't know
2: so, no one knows
1: i mean i could pull out the enterprise blueprints to see since it's a similar class ship um oh, no. but it's like there is like a main core kind of space that runs along the middle which is how and then everything's built like a cruise ship have you ever seen mm-hmm. like a cross section of a cruise ship it's sort of like that but that turbo left area was much bigger than anything i've ever imagined what,
0: what uh century are we in here 30 30 seconds, 38 or, 30 second
1: 30,
0: 30 second okay it's it was the upgrade right it was a yeah. 32nd century
3: upgrade. Sure.
0: End of story. Is,
1: well, it's all programmable matter as well. So who knows how right. the interior of that ship changes and moves around.
3: I'm, I'm confident tight. that the people that make this show consider the space oh, they're 100%. shooting in. So if anyone who wants to wants to cross their arms and be like, that doesn't make sense. Uh, they probably worked it out a way it does. Yeah. It's just wacky. <laughs> Did you hear
2: what I said? It was a fight scene in an elevator. It was incredibly cool. So at the end of the day, I enjoyed it. And yeah. Zara got kicked out of the elevator and I saw him bounce off of something else. I mean, what else do you want?
0: <laughs> Clyde loves elevator fights. He's a big fan of the Winter Soldier.
3: I, I was sure. just thinking when I was watching that scene about the movie minority report and how much money was poured into that movie for its special effects and how long it took. And then like this show just kind of pulls that out for its 13th episode nowadays. And it looks better. Like this show just looks so good. Yes.
1: They, they really knocked it out of the park with all the special effects. I also really liked the way that they treated the crumbling, um, you know, hollow deck on the dilithium planet. I thought a lot of those shots looked really cool and how you were starting to see the construction of the ship. Um, And then also when we finally got to see gray in physical form, kind of walking through everything sort of becoming particles and then like his hollow also flickering on and off. I just thought the attention to detail with stuff like that is really, really awesome and cool.
0: Yeah. The, the execution again was, was great and thrilling. Three things I didn't not understand and will never understand in this episode. The turbo lift shaft. I don't know, but I like it. <laughs> the uh, the the programmable matter, the way Michael Burnham can get pushed and what suffocated in it. But then she just fucking busts through and spits a little bit of, of it out and she's all good. I will never understand that, but I love it. Also, oh. I will never understand, but I love that if if we're in a hollow deck, Gray can
2: materialize sure i don't get it but i love it look i think the. i'm with you however i loved it so much that gray was there the hug i thought that when colbert hugged gray like i felt every moment of that and gray feeling like oh my goodness like that need for connection that that need not only to be like we can get into the, the metaphorical need to be seen. Mm-hmm. But more than that, that embrace, that it need to be accepted, to be wanted, to be cared for. I thought that when you looked on Gray's face, you saw the what's happening and oh my God, this is exactly what I needed. It, it just, it so hit home. It, and I think that's what we're looking at in this episode. Those three things that you talk about, Mike... When we look at it you go okay i might not understand everything particularly about the science that i just saw but what just happened i am here for um and the actors you just you're, you're rooting for them and so in that scene i was like i was thinking does this mean that when it all crumbles that gray's gonna be alive i don't know that'd be a real easy out but I'm kind of here for it. Like I, I'm, of, I'm okay with it. So yeah. I, I love that scene. Yeah. Pig
0: piggybacking on that. I really admire the way the disco writers this season have decided to really serve the characters m- more than plot. I think that's what we're seeing here.
1: Yeah. I thought the, the nuance of Ian Alexander's like facial expressions changing when he realizes that he can actually feel someone hugging him was so, uh, it was just very moving and I, I enjoyed it. And um, I really, I hope they find a way. I think that's going to be a fun puzzle for next season is finding a way for that to happen. Um, And man, like who right now can't identify from wanting to just have a hug from a friend, <laughs> like <laughs> like from the outside world. I was like, man, this is hitting me in all of the fields. Um, I'm and not then, even a
2: hugger. And I'm like, right. I'm like it. <laughs>
1: I mean also like definitely give me a hug from Wilson Cruz any day of the week time space whatever <laughs> like <laughs> um but yeah I really like that dynamic and I thought Stamets like the the reaction of Stamets in the Federation headquarters when he realizes he cannot go save his family at that moment was y- you could feel that intensity and that emotional Reaction um, from Anthony Rapp. And I thought that was really well done. And then that side eye at the very end, it was like the full circle of like, I'm going to s- like spit all of these really mean things because I need for you to understand how big of a deal this is that you're sending me off of this ship and potentially killing my family. And then while there is that nice reunion, and yes, Michael was right in all of the decision making. Stamets is pissed (laughs) and is holding a grudge bigger than the cat.
2: (laughs) But, But I think that, that is what made Burnham getting in the big chair so meaningful because what she did was she made a captain decision, right? I mean, that's the Kobayashi Maru all over. Like she had to go, do you sacrifice somebody for the good of everyone else? She made the decision. Vance made the same decision, right? And at the end of the day, it shows me why. When you look at the rest of the cu- cr- crew, to me, the big question, kind of going into season four, is going to be, okay, who's the senior? Who who are the senior officers? Who's the XO, right? And do they have the chops to step into the big seat at some point? Because I was like, Burnham, made the she made the captain decision, right? Yeah. Stan is going to have to get over that.
3: I mean, Tilly made a captain decision when she's mm-hmm. like. Owo, go die for us. Right. <laughs> Basically. right. Like, uh, you gotta go. You can hold your breath for 10 minutes. Apparently, we just learned this episode. Mm-hmm. Go die for the rest of us. And I was like, the fuck are you guys doing? You better not go kill Owo. But I, <laughs> I, know. Will...
1: I was also like, if you yeah. all kill Owo, I will reach through this screen. <laughs>
3: like... Quit making characters really awesome and then killing <laughs> <Yeah,
0: laughs> them. Also... It's okay because uh, the baby robot saved Owo, and then Owo woke up and said,
2: You're alive. All of you, okay. So <laughs> <Yeah>. before <laughs> we move on, no, no consequences. Before we move on, <laughs> Mike, hold your cup up again, your mug up again. Is the dot? Are these? Are is this going to be their franchisable marketing? You know, merchandising oh. thing. Like kind of no, like maybe you don't know? care that much about it. The real ro- so? robots, you think?
1: Oh, I don't know. The dots, potentially. They're pretty cute. If you give me more Tig Nataro scenes with the dots, then I am here for any and all of that. I, I would want to see buy a Tig,
3: Tig Notaro.
0: <laughs> yeah. I want to see Tig treating the dot like um, like Tony Stark
3: treats Dummy. <laughs> yeah, the, the robot hand. Right. That would be um, fun. Okay. Um, someone was asking, Moon, Moondog Loves You, says, how do you think they look in the new uniforms? And I immediately thought those uniforms are ugly. They look like some like 1980s couch. I don't know. (laughs) I wasn't liking them that much. The gray with the really military, um, shoulder pads and like this one little swatch of color. The, The light
0: gray, the light gray. I don't like, um, but that, that strip of color, that strip of, um, you know, that that designates um, their rank or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was cool. I, I thought that was a bold design
3: choice. It is, so, a under, under, I'm though. Why do you have to wear a stiff polyester still? Why
1: can't you just it, wear... It, so it really I like works. the uniform on Vance, so I'm hoping maybe like because they had to like get everyone these brand-new uniforms in time for this one scene, that next season they're going to be a little bit more tailored and fit and probably made of a nicer material that didn't have to be whipped up so quickly because I know Gershwa Phillips has talked about how they have progressively like, you know, they use more expensive materials on costumes that that are going to be used over and over again. And so if these are the new uniforms, I imagine they're going to get a bit of an upgrade in the off season.
2: Yeah, I I wasn't a fan and that's hard for me to say, but I think the issue is every uniform that we've come across with Discovery has been new and sleek and kind of cool. Even if it was like the Terran universe, we've got all these cool uniforms. I mean, at one point we were even having discussions about which uniforms we liked the best. And so we've seen this progression and we've also commented about the fact that these uniforms seemed cooler than anything that came before them. And this was supposed to be the prequel, right? These are all conversations we had. Now it feels like we have this uniform where they're in the future but the uniform feels like it belongs way back in tos (laughs) so i'm kind like that was the thing that i think struck me the most is i was like that uniform seems way old school i don't know that i'm that's i'm on on that's kind of in keeping with disco
0: style like it's future retro right it is. True. I mean, it's always been that way. Yeah. But yeah, I th- I think you're right, Mariah. I think they will tailor them a little better. They might finesse the colors a little better for next season. They got some work to do for sure. Mike, Mike, you
3: wanna know what I hope it looks like? Hmm. Yeah, check Chow Riker. Ah, right! That's what I wanna see. <laughs> Maybe a deep V. I love it
1: all around. Silk,
3: um, open silk. I wasn't I'm, able. I'm to not tell, comfortable with all that chess hair.
1: I wasn't able to tell from the lineup. But do you did Tilly get a promotion yet? I feel like Tilly deserves a promotion, so that better happen within the first two episodes of next season for she, me. She
3: got a demotion.
1: She <laughs>
2: lost she's the, the cadet. <laughs> she's she's back. She's back as a cadet.
1: No. I wasn't uh, able to tell, but
2: yeah, I think she did.
0: I think she did. I think um I did notice that but there was so much going on that i didn't i don't remember um okay so let's we talked about oh we haven't talked about book yet
1: oh man so
0: book didn't get a uniform at the end but he is on the ship he is part of the crew i guess unofficially still Um. So it looks like he's the new tardigrade or the new stamets in terms of running the spore drive, right?
3: Hey, you know how to talk to animals? Can you just go ahead and talk to tardigrades and then (laughs) jump through space?
1: So I'll say um, special
3: stuff. Yeah. I didn't get to say
1: it on pod, but in our Slack, I said the next morning, cause I had a dream that book ran the ship. <laughs> the night yeah, after did. our pod. You I got mean, lottery who, numbers.
2: What's up, Mariah?
1: <laughs> you know, who doesn't dream about book? But um, I was like, I think because they had that line about how uh, Stamets wasn't an empath. And so the DNA had to have been how he could fly the ship. Um, and so I was like, Oh, book, is an empath. And now that we don't have Stamets on the ship, it's going to be book who has to, to take us to black alert. Um And so I was very excited. I was correct. Ding, ding, ding. Um But I also think it, it makes sense for them to have two people on board who can do it, but I don't think Stamets is going to give up that primary like spot so easily, unless it is physically less strenuous on book to do it. Do you know what I mean? Cause that's always been like, the thing is like, if they jump too much, like there are like repercussions to Stamets' physiology for jumping, so I wonder what if those same things happen to Book.
0: Well, it was established in this episode that Book can take a lot of punishment.
3: Yeah,
1: I mean, yes. <laughs> well, but, I, I mean, shouldn't
3: he, it should have shown him a bit more wrecked once they jumped? Right. I mean, did we see him right after?
1: I don't, I don't think we, no. we got like a direct. No, the ship like flies away after they beam everybody up and yeah, then- I kind of would have
3: liked to see like him just laid out like, oh, I can't actually do that on the reg,
2: like like stamets can. Well, so there's a difference. I think what's interesting though is it's not just book, right? It's it's not like book was special. What they're talking about was every everybody from Quajon. So now you're talking about a whole people group.
1: Well, not everyone on can navigate other, empath. Yeah, yeah.
2: Other yeah, not everyone, but but these empaths. So the Quajan empaths, who are natural empaths, like his brother, mm-hmm. who can do these things. Like now you're talking about if you have the ability to duplicate Discovery Spore Drive, you now have other people who can be trained to fly it. And I think that gets interesting, you know, with Discovery not being the only ship who can do that. Do we end up having a Saru
3: ship with Stamets at the helm and a Burnham ship with Book uh, as the navigator?
1: If, we, held, I guess. if this was again like Old Trek where we got 22 episodes per season, yes. Uh, I think with the season episode orders that we get, I don't think having a dual ship.
3: Show I mean would be they, they showed even in this 13 episode arc that they're able to balance, you know, running plot lines with characters that are at the federation with characters that are on the ship with characters that are on planets. So I I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I I'm impressed with with how they're kind of handling everything here, but maybe they they want to keep everything still tight. I just wonder if they're going to have to start killing people off like so many characters like they've already
2: already, they've already got ridden got rid of half the 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 crew already i think we're okay i
1: mean yeah and i think for next season they've set up i mean there's some like emotional payoffs i think we'll see next season for like the interpersonal play between burnham and stamets needing to sort of reconcile we're gonna get to see what happens with adira and gray I mean, I'm personally hoping there's something between Owo and Kayla beyond just deep friendship, although that is also fine. Um, <laughs> that, I mean, they have such a cute relationship and I love it. Um, but the other thing is now that Osira is gone and I agree with you. I thought the Osira. I, I loved the gun coming through and taking her out, but I'd wish it had been like an injury and there could have been like, I don't know, a a, a, a slightly bigger payoff kill or didn't kill her and she got put in jail and like justice prevailed sort of thing or a catchy um,
2: line or something like standing over her and
1: i like, mean coming wow, out of oh, the yeah. programmable matter was pretty pretty cool um yeah. but i also think when there is that vacuum of power that happens when someone who is in so much control of so many things like now we're gonna get maybe instead of a big bad we're going to have a lot of medium bads like people who were in charge of their quadrants who are now trying to become the next Osira and like rule whatever it might be
0: we're, so, yeah. uh, with all the villains here it seems next season um at the end of this episode they set discovery up to be the ship that delivers the dilithium to parts of the galaxy that have been that has been cut off from the federation core so we're going to get to see what these worlds look like detached from the Federation. So we're definitely going to see a lot of new worlds. Hopefully Mm -hmm. we're definitely going to see a lot of, um, a lot of new bads, like a lot of new medium bads pop up Mm -hmm. in these different parts of the galaxy for sure. So do you guys think we'll get something a little more episodic
2: next season? I I do. I think that, it's it's interesting when you look at the the kind of path that we've come. It feels like it's taking us three seasons to do some to experiment to discover some new plot lines, and ultimately we're going to get back to traditional track where we're going to different planets. And I think they started to experiment with that in this in this season, mm-hmm. and and I think it, one. It feels like that is sustainable for a long time.
0: Grant says, no, I don't want that.
2: I definitely don't want them to move to
3: episodic. I, I know that holds like a special place in all y'all's like trekky heart, but man, this show knows how to do long form storytelling with some serious dramatic arcs and they're great at it. I yeah. thought the red angel stuff was fun as a uh, progressive plot line last season. And just this new world here and, and the burn and kind of investigating all of that really was a fantastic through line. If it just kind of goes to, you know, um, episode of the week dropping off dilithium and the crazy adventures on planets, do that with the new worlds uh, show that you're doing with Pike that I don't want to (laughs) watch. (laughs)
1: I I don't think we are going to get episodic because I just think it's fallen out of favor for the most part in in TV writing. But I think we've seen, and there isn't like a good word for this, but it's more like seasonotic, where like each season Mm -hmm. is sort of taking us on this longer form journey, which I think is more fun and still feels, has that like older Trek feeling, but updated for the present time and space, right? And the present style of storytelling. Also because they have way too many writers who have come, from like Battlestar Galactica, you know, like in all of these other really great sci-fi shows that have told like intense and wonderful stories from beginning to end of the full series rather than focusing on something so episodic.
0: I'm with our our commenter here Lemo. She says or they say I like the mixing of the long arcs with the semi-episodic formula. It's working. And yeah, I think, you know, if you have you can you can have an episode that is Um, Story-wise, really self-contained, but it feeds into the larger arc. That's the sweet spot, right? That's what we're getting, and I think uh, more of that is what we'll be getting next season.
2: Yeah, a lot of people are saying it's kind of like a light anthology series, Um, and I Mm -hmm. agree with that. I think what you're looking at is the narrative overall is very similar, right? So if you think about where we were from the pilot to where we are now, we've been on the same kind of long arc with, with the s- fairly the same characters. But what we see is that what we've seen is we have three distinct contained seasons, right? Like from beginning to end, there was a, there was something that happened in the, in the, in the season premiere and it was yeah. wrapped up at, at that season. And I enjoy that one you know, years from now, we're going back and you know, we're watching this on Netflix or CBS All Access or whatever it is, it's you're you're gonna be able to almost pick a season that you watch and go, you know what, to Grant's point, I wanna go back and watch that, you know, that that red angel season. And you'll be able to kind of watch it and get the entire story from you know, beginning to end in thirteen episodes.
0: I like what Moon uh, Moondog Loves You says in the comments. I like that they will have a mission next season. So it's a good format. They won't need stupid excuses to go here and there, but the overall story can be the main plot line. Yeah. It feels great to for our Discovery crew to have a mission handed to them by the Federation. It's not just, oh shit, there's a war or oh shit, we're lost in time. They're they're building the Federation. Um, and, and the leaders of the Federation have given them a directive. It, it reminds me of classic Trek.
3: It only like three seasons for them to dig themselves out of the hole Brian Fuller made for him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't want to say that earlier, Grant, but I, I like, I, was thinking. I like
3: the hole that Brian Fuller dug. I, I think it's yeah. really fascinating, but I think a lot of people were just like, hold up. What,
2: why, why is everything have to be so intertwined in this world? Uh, Um, do you do you think that they'll have new characters that will get new crew next year more crew (laughs) do you guys think that kenneth mitchell
0: will be back he is the actor you guys may have talked about him before he played the the scientist or the doctor or really this episode osiris uh
2: i don't know buddy i guess but um you have too many scientists on a starship
1: (laughs) i'm thinking it might be like a pop-up character mostly Mm -hmm. um uh also because of his health you know it, it would 100 percent depend on like what's going on and with the pandemic i'm not sure like what is sort of right. possible he's uh, suffering
0: from a, or dealing AOS. with ALS mm-hmm. right oh okay
1: and, and so uh so yeah i think it would it would depend on like what the safety procedures and and health and things like that i would like to see what they've sort of done with maybe he is working on implementing spore drives into other mm-hmm. you know ships uh, get a uh, universe wide or whatever. Cause he mm-hmm. seemed pretty um, intense. They set that up like pretty that. well. Um,
0: yeah. That he could maybe replicate the sport drive. So the, maybe we'll see like iteration. a
1: hollow of him or like you know like a message or something I would love to see him back because I, I love that um, this particular particular iteration and I think this has happened throughout Trek anyone who's in heavy makeup comes back as other characters either as mm-hmm. humans or other heavy makeup so I finally figured out so our brunette who was with our um, bridge crew through all of this when I assumed yeah. it would have been Nielsen um, do you remember the like Oh, I wrote it down. Uh, she played the uh, show. Her name was Lieutenant Ina, um, and she was an o- Onalsis, uh character, which is that like big head with like the tiny eye portion. Oh, here. okay, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She has played a multiple versions of that species and throughout that was, the series. Okay. So that was her as like our as like a human on the bridge. So I, I would
0: have liked fun. seeing her in that. Right. costume. These past few episodes, that would have been great. But, you know, that costs money.
2: Mike, uh Lise has a very good point. Aurelio has a wife and kids he needs to go home to. As a person with uh, a wife and kids, no. No, you don't. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, go hang out on the ship.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'd like the idea of him being at Federation headquarters doing really cool tech stuff, and we see cameos from time to time. Maybe so our market more market. TIG Nataro, that's what I want. I know I'm not going to get it, but I'm going to keep asking for it until someone, I don't know, like Anthony Rapp hears me and says, we're going to get you more TIG Notaro. I'm just saying.
0: more tigs. So I wanted to bring up more comments that we got earlier uh, during our podcast, but StreamYard makes them disappear. I don't
3: know where they are. So uh-huh. I can only see like the last like uh-huh. 20 or 30 Um, Well, uh, now's a good time, then, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, or I guess over on Facebook or Twitch, and you have any questions, go ahead and put POD, all caps, before your comment, and makes it just a little bit more visible for us so we can grab it and pop it onto the screen. I have a question, and I, I should know this, but I don't. What... A species
0: was Adira yes. supposed okay, to be came, came.
1: the same oh, one right. as Poe. I have it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, I that's question. right. The uh, nice. uh, Heian. Mm-hmm. Zahean. Oh, it was like
3: Poe, the little yeah. feral girl that like those crystal stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: the queen. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> okay. Oh, um, And and was Grey supposed to be a, a Vulcan?
1: Yep.
2: Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, Grant, wait. Wait a second. We gotta acknowledge the fact acknowledge- that Grant nailed that. Well, it could have been a Romulan too, right? I'm not yeah, really but you didn't that. say Klingon, which is oh. <laughs> really. so right, you
3: just default. I, you. I will take. I'll take my applause and I'll just go ahead and pat myself on the back here.
1: Um, so,
0: uh, Chris Rogers says, "What are Owo and Detmer's ship name?" Mariah, you brought this up earlier. Maybe you have a ship name for them.
1: Omer. Maybe. Oh God. <laughs> oh. Omer. Somebody
2: said Quo. Det-
1: what?
2: Det- Somebody, or I think I saw in the pod earlier. Somebody said like "Quo, like Kayla uh, and Owo." I like that. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I'm I'm good with that. I'm ready for the fan fiction.
2: What do you guys think
3: of "Let's Fly" as Burnham's line, as 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 her engage or whatever line? Because you know they made it the big deal of Saru struggling with coming up with a line, and for her to just kind of sit down quite naturally and be like let's fly. I'm
1: into
2: it. I'm not. I think it's I I think it's really hard to come up with something to say and nothing will ever beat engage. I don't know why we just don't go back. I I do agree with Lee's
0: A. It should have been book it. Oh my God, it was
1: right there.
3: (laughs) Should have
2: been book it. (laughs) But
1: I don't want it to be tied to someone she's like having a relationship with. I mean, if they break
2: up, it. do you still say book it? Oh right. man, if she br- if they break
3: up later and then she's like, Buh, shit, fly it. Right, oh,
1: no. right. So way. I think let's fly. I I, I liked th- the delivery. Did it for me, even if maybe the phrase isn't the strongest. I thought the delivery was there. It gave. It, the whole thing gave me goosebumps and made me very emotional. So I was I like, like whatever came out was going to be good for me.
0: <laughs> I, I prefer the one word catch lines, you know, the single word engage, you know, but, um, but this works for That's me. I, th- I thought out of, out of all of them that we've heard, it feels hopeful, right?
2: You, you like it more than hit it. No, hit
0: it's Hit it's my, my jam, but this was okay. <laughs> this is okay.
1: Oh. It should have saved hit it. <laughs>
0: Uh, I like this comment from JC. Ash Tyler has left the chat.
1: (laughs) Ash Tyler left the chat a long time ago. As soon as as she smashed into book in outer space. Smashed
2: into book.
1: (laughs) Ash Tyler,
0: I don't know her.
1: I saw um, David Ajala posted a picture where he was wearing a sweatshirt that said Trek and the Nike swoop. And underneath it, it said, just book it. And I was like, I don't know where he got this sweatshirt, but I need it immediately.
3: <laughs> um, th- uh, th- we got to see Lieutenant Sahil come back. I don't know if we mentioned this already, but it was awesome because I know we've mentioned this quite a few times throughout this season of like what happened to that guy from the premiere they just left him there on this other this this lonely little satellite but uh seeing him back there and and that reunion i thought was a good little moment and i hope to see a little bit more of him as well next season
0: yeah it was a nice bookend yeah it was. when we got the premiere yeah I agree Very cool
3: just book it
2: oh, <laughs> what could have been i, I <laughs> actually like just book it but mariah to your point then Every time she said it, like, would you, if that was you, would you be like, why are you, that's just weird. Like, would you say just Mike it?
0: (laughs) Well,
1: So apparently, you know, Cleveland Booker is not his real name. He says that in the Mm -hmm. spore drive, when he's sinking his fingers into the goo, that it's the name of his uh, mentor who he's tried to live up to uh, every day. And he wants to tell her that story. So now we get to eventually learn what his real name is so maybe you could switch it to book it but oh speaking of short treks though it's like a it's like a a one-off line but um when is telling them what starbase to fly to she mentions something about these particular hawks and it's the same hawks that we heard about in calypso so this would have been a pretty far far out Mm. starbase um and it is eventually going to be around the place that the ship gets abandoned at some point so i thought that was kind of a a fun easter egg
0: nice um let's go ahead and address this comment from chike uh here pod what are you all doing in the next few months i need more pod okay so we've decided Oh, I'm just kidding, we don't know what
2: we're doing I was like,
1: did, did, did I miss the meeting?
2: <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing, I was like This is what happens when I come on to the pod to the yeah. right? Well,
3: uh, I'll say That Mike and I are Starting uh, another Little spin-off project what? Where we're going to do- talk about um, the MCU So we're going to talk about some Marvel stuff, if you guys want to Check that out and We'll and we have an open to figure out how to launch it <laughs>
0: But yeah, we're still so, we're still figuring that out, but we will have like an open third or fourth seat so Clyde and Mariah can join us when they want, and we're just gonna have like a revolving crew, I think. But Grant and I, it's kind of a experimental spin-off pod that we're doing, um, because uh,
3: Wandavision's coming out, so yeah, we're gonna if cover any of you are interested in the the Marvel stuff, um, you can probably you can go to the, our YouTube channel um, MCU Pod and just go ahead and subscribe, and if we put out an episode you'll get notified.
0: So
1: Is
3: mcupod.com our website, Is that right? M- mcupod.com. I'm not sure what's, I mean, it will it should redirect to, uh, I don't know what's up there yet. <laughs> just, just be on the lookout for
2: it. Let's see. Let's find out. Um,
1: before we continue to, to talk about, uh, Comic books, I wanted, or uh, comic book universes, or or Marvel things. Um, someone asked about the song, and was it ever explained? Mm-hmm. And so I had mentioned in my hot freak that there was some like legitimate sort of sciencey things that got pulled into this, and it all has to actually do with how they explain the burn. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, we have someone who is studying biology in our Slack. So if you join our Slack, you can also get in on these fun facts from the incredible minds. Who are a part of our Patreon. Hold,
2: um, hold on, Mara. And Grant, how do they join our Slack? Uh, Patreon.com slash Star Trek
3: pod. You can go there and make a per episode pe- pledge of uh, two bucks an episode. And if you do that, um, Michael will send you a little invite to the exclusive Slack channel.
1: Um, but Sean talked about um, the poly polyploids, polyplotties. So the. Yeah. Uh, Sean, they go into like a much better explanation than I can sort of go into. And I don't want to read like the whole thing, but it's essentially like how our genetics change uh, throughout time um, and like evolutionary theories and stuff like that. Um, and and Dr. Uh, Aaron and Dr. Muhammad Noor, um, Aaron McDonald and Dr. Muhammad Noor are the two science um consultants on the show and they were tweeting about how it was very fun to get to put in all of this sort of work and work with the writers and production crew to talk about how DNA changes and and how that um, connection to the radiation of the dilithium and then like the way sound waves work and subspace waves work with sound. Anyway, it's like a really fun sort of yeah. like jumping through. And so I do think Well, I can understand people's frustration of like this explanation of the burn seeming to be just like this. I mean, a child lost his mother and is going through like the most intense grief, pain, loneliness. And so this epic scream that just radiates throughout his body essentially causes a sound wave to like wave the entire planet. And because of the way dilithium, which is fake, like dilithium is not a real substance, so they can star trek it here dilithium then caused subspace to kind of have this continual wave move throughout it and cause the burn so it's like a very complicated sciencey explanation but i kind of liked it
0: i liked it too i really enjoyed that scene where adira and uh, colber are explaining it and just figuring it out yeah. And because it was a great scene because not only did it was it tied to some real interesting theoretical science, but it also was kind of a classic Star Trek scene where our crew members are figuring something out. No one else is figured for just extrapolating that data and it also served the characters, it reminded us again how valuable Colbert is and how valuable Adira is and how great it is to see those two bouncing off each other when they're mm-hmm. basically at work trying to save the galaxy. Good stuff.
3: Yeah. Uh, there's right. also a really cool scene where Michael Burnham, she triple pumps that gun to blast that dude across the room at Osira before <laughs> sliding over a table to kick her in the face. <laughs> that was great. That's fucking cool. <laughs>
0: I love that when she turned on the uh, uh, the quarantine forest field and was
2: like,
1: I'm out of here. That, yeah. was,
2: that was one of my favorite moments. I was like, whoa, nice trick.
1: Yeah. When Very she comes cool. in and she's like, I'm so sorry, you're going through pain, but you're about to go through a whole lot more of it. And then just you jank it, like gives him an adrenaline shot. And then is like, are you good? Cool. You were just being tortured. Great. Let's go. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, um, to, to go back to the question of what we're doing during the off season, we will be back. Um, uh, we don't have a schedule yet, but we will definitely be back on, on the live stream and on the pod. Just follow us on socials, and that's the best way to find out what we'll be doing. Um, so, yeah, just at Star Trek Pod on Twitter, on uh, Insta, and we'll definitely let you know what our off-season plans look like for the pod.
3: We'll be back with um, the next show, the next Trek show mm-hmm. when it debuts. And uh, we'll have to do uh, probably a full season recap at some point
1: mm-hmm.
3: for season three.
1: Indeed, I think we'll probably see Lower Decks before anything else, just because I know they've like already started recording voiceover for that. So, yeah.
0: I think Picard started filming. Disco Four has started filming as well. Mm-hmm. So they're staying safe. They're doing it.
3: Yeah, I I just wanted to say, you know, I think that we all love Trek so much because it's it does such a wonderful job of showing this family that comes together and it's a fun adventure with all of them. And this year has been pretty interesting for us trying to navigate how to keep doing this show and how we've transitioned to doing a lot of this video show and you guys sticking with us and just watching this audience grow and all of you guys talk with each other has been really cool. I I like our little trek family here, and I just want to say I appreciate it, y'all. Yeah,
0: getting together with you guys to talk about the show and engaging with everybody in our Slack and just on the comments here has uh, made this this show and this season and just so much more just fulfilling and fun. So I really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I, I gotta say that um, like many people, twenty twenty. Was really hard for me. Twenty twenty one looks like it's it's got some challenges too. So having this bright spot in my week where I'm going to be with, you know, not just as people say, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm I'm going on a podcast with three Star Trek nerds," um, but more than that, but this this community um, and feeling the love that you guys show when any of us miss an episode and then we're back, you're like, Hey, you're back. Like that is like, man, it is the bright spot in my week. So, um, yeah, just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss the, the weekend week out, but, uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's who's been part of this, this pod family.
1: For sure. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Longs so I've been, um, Not to keep plugging our Patreon, but like everyone who continues to engage with the community is so much fun and watching everyone get together for watch alongs and share, you know, if they've had a bad day and everyone just lifts them up and and cheers them up and is like, what episode do you want to watch then? And, you know, everyone so loving and caring. And I love it so much. Just all the heart emojis.
0: Yeah. And that's why we'll definitely be back soon with another episode. And we will let you know. So follow us on the socials. Guys, anything else right now in the limited time we have you want to say about this episode or season three or what to look forward to?
1: She is a queen. She is a queen. Um, I don't know
3: about like if I was trying to think of how I would rank the three seasons and which one I like the best. But yeah, I don't know. I really, really enjoyed this one. I might put it at the top and kind of kind of depends on the fluctuation of the of the moment, but this was a really awesome uh, gamble they took and being able to just take the crew and jump them ahead in time. You know, other shows have tried stuff like this. I always think of alias when they decided to jump three years ahead in time and everyone hated it. And they we're like, ah, we're not going to watch the show anymore. Um, but this one pulled it off in such a fantastic way. And it really liberated them to explore crazy new ideas in this show. And it looks fantastic. It's been a a fun ride this season and I'm excited for what it's opening up in the next season.
2: Yeah. I got to say, this is probably my favorite season. Um, And don't get me wrong. I think of all the big bads that we've had, Lorca is probably one of the best. Um, But that being said, I mean, you can't even compare Lorca to Osara, but I think moving 900 years in the future what you did was it got us away from all of the stuff that we were looking for. How does this line up with TOS? How, how does this look into to Canon? How, how does all this stuff connect? And, we, it, it, and I think what I saw was a show that was free, right? Free to write the stories it wanted to write, free for the actors to experience new things and not be tied to what we were all expecting out of a prequel. And I think we saw that on screen. And I also want to say as much as I enjoyed this, I'm amazed at what this crew, what the actors, what the writers, what the production staff, what the, with the post-production staff, what they did in the middle of a global pandemic, um, to give us this is nothing short of genius and absolutely amazing. So, um, I'm actually, you know, 13 seasons. I can't, like, we're so used to that being a high mark for a series today. I'm actually going, man, I can't believe that we're not going to have a new episode next week.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw. Yep. my my partner was, like, I can't believe he, he was convinced there was two more episodes of the season. <laughs> um, And I was, like, I would take them if they were coming. But, uh, you know, I just echo everything y'all have already said. And then I just wanted to say that, like, the ending of this episode with Burnham getting in the chair felt so similar to me when I first saw Janeway as a captain and like how important, like, I know everyone talks about representation on TV, but it like, it actually matters and like seeing Sonequa Martin green in that chair is just like incredible. And I'm so excited to watch her sit in that chair all next season.
2: You know, one last thing, I, and, and Mariah, you just made me think of this. This is a significant moment because, you know, I think we always have seen Sonequa Martin-Green as a star, but now she becomes an official Star yeah. Trek captain. So she's part of the, the, the captain legacy that Star Trek has. That's a big deal.
0: Huge deal. Like Will Morris says, she is a queen. She is a captain.
1: Yes indeed
0: (laughs) yeah love it guys i i second everything i co-sign everything you just said this has been this has been a really fun season and i can't wait till next season and we'll be back before then so thank you so much everybody for joining us this week for joining us this season on the pod and yeah mariah can you remind everybody where they can subscribe to the pod
1: yeah, so uh, so you can make sure you never miss um, any of our shows, anything in the feed. You can subscribe to the audio version of this on Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, you can also see everywhere you can view us live when we go live on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, all of the places. Uh, find links for all of that and more at StarTrekPod.co.
3: You can also help support us over at Patreon.com slash StarTrekPod. You can go there and make your per episode pledge if you give two bucks an episode you can join us on that slack channel we were talking about Uh, i want to come chat with a bunch of lovable truckies and join our little family it costs money two bucks a month (laughs) two (laughs) bucks an episode uh and you can come join us we'd appreciate having you guys there and we appreciate all the support
2: yeah and just want to remind you guys to follow us on twitter and instagram you can follow us at star trek Pod. tweet about the episode um let people know that we're here share the love and spread the word also just want to shout out to people who who always help us karen who helps run our twitter and james worm who runs our insta thanks karen thanks james mariah tell us where we can find you online
1: i'm at mariah gossip on all platforms that's mariah with a y and a gossip with two s's and two t's clyde
2: You can find me at Clyde Haynes on Twitter and you can find me on the web at www.keyandclyde.com. That's and Clyde.com. Grant.
3: You can find me at Baron Von Grant and a reminder that we're going to be doing a new spinoff podcast talking all about the MCU and WandaVision. You can find, you can find it for right now. At slash mcu pod because <laughs> I feel like if I tried to link to the YouTube page, it's a big old mess and there's no videos up yet, so you can't search yeah. for it easily. Yeah. Anyway, just go to the Twitter there. You can um, click from there over to the YouTube and find it a little bit easier. Yeah, and we'd love to join us there.
0: Yeah, at mcu pod. Follow me on Twitter and Insta at Mike Moody Garcia. Once again, thank you. This has been a pleasure watching and talking about this season with everybody. Live long and prosper. Bye.